0: This is the Press Box. Uh, I just want a leader. I want a guy that can lead, that wants to compete. I want a guy that's uh, not afraid of a challenge, because this is a big challenge that we have in front of us, especially you got the world champs in our division again. Uh, you know what you got to deal with each and every <laughs> year, as long as Patrick Mahomes in that division. And I want somebody that says, you know what, I want to go for that challenge, because that's the same way I look at it, going against you know those those 3 head coaches in this division. With Granny and Bischoff. I, I want to see that competitive spirit in our quarterback. Uh, guy that you know when the game's on the line you know he he wants the ball in, in different ways either making the, the throws doing it with his legs or you know putting us in the right ball so those are the things i'm really looking for those intangibles i don't want to go with the unknown i want to go with a proven winner and somebody that knows what it's like to grind and go through some adversity because we're going to go through that on espn las vegas
1: all right spirited this is a spirited room on a daily basis is it Yes, I believe we're spirited. I don't think Antonio Pierce would say we're spirited. <laughs> who, know, who knows who he'd say is spirited? He's spirited. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if anyone can match
2: his spirit. He wants to feel the prospects at the draft. Okay. That's what he said. Yeah, that's he what he said. He wants to feel them. Yeah. I don't know what that means. I don't know either. He's, does he? I, I bet he just walks in. Do you, how quickly do you think he knows if a draft prospect is, is a, a raider? raider or not? He said there's only going to be five in this draft. Right. So the odds are most of the people they've met with are, are not, raiders. not Raiders. Right. So he walk in, and within like 10 seconds, like, ah, this guy's not a Raider. He might be able to judge him that quickly. He should just walk just out. Just on there. how they shake hands. Yeah, he should just walk out. If he's like, ah, this guy's not a Raider, he should just leave. They dap him? Yeah, he should just leave.
3: Well, then him and Telesco have an issue, because Telesco said the other day that he won't make draft decisions based just on conversation.
2: Because his coach is trying to. Right. So. Telesco's wait a minute we gotta actually do the job here we have
3: to watch film
1: (laughs) we have to get to see if they know football we have to go to their workouts (laughs) pierce is like nah his
2: his intro to me not good enough he's not a raider high five he didn't high five me it's great i in all honesty could they have found somebody that's more different than antonio pierce and tom telesco not on the outside from what we've seen yeah Not from what we've seen. Like, the way they carry themselves, right? like, we got complete opposites here. Yes. Which, again, I think is potentially, we'll see, but potentially a good thing. Like, I think it's a good thing that the most, or the two most important people... Are different. ...are different. Now, maybe they just end up not getting along, not agreeing, and it's a disaster, but in general, I think it's a good idea that you have people approaching things from a different aspect. Well...
1: Antonio approaches things from
2: different aspects. Right. Right. Like in like I think it would have been bad if they had hired a general manager who was the exact same as who Antonio. Who said Pierce. we're both Raiders. Right. And is like there's only five guys in this draft <laughs> that we <laughs> you want. You imagine if the GM said that and yeah <laughs> you got 9 picks, buddy. <laughs> if the whole organization was thinking that way, i would be like, Ooh, "Ooh. This is not going to go over." I don't well. know if I want the 7th round pick right. around. But at least if the GM's at least like, "All right. We're going to talk to like 60 people. We're going to draft nine of these guys. <laughs> Hopefully, there's like 100 guys in the draft that could be Raiders, not just five, because we're not going to get all five. So, that'd be fun. Uh, I uh, I look forward to the contrasting styles, styles of, of Pierce uh, and
1: Telesco. Pearson, yep. Here we go. The first bite.
3: What does Antonio Pierce want at quarterback in 2024?
1: Well, from whatever he's, what, all the stuff he's saying, he doesn't want Aiden O'Connell, <laughs> right? Take away
2: number one. Take away the, the, the first option, Aiden because, uh, because
1: this guy <laughs> has gone out of his way to, in no uncertain terms, <laughs> say he wants someone else.
2: So you heard some of those clips yesterday from Antonio Pierce. Vic Taffer uh, caught up with him, posted some of those uh, videos of Pierce talking. The first one I want to talk about is Pierce saying, I don't want to go with the unknown, I want to go with a proven winner, somebody that knows what it's like to grind and go through some adversity. Who is that and how is that a rookie? I mean, as it's written here, J.J.
1: McCarthy won something. He he won the national championship.
2: So it's J.J. McCarthy. I
1: mean, well, it says a proven winner. So what of the other guys who are supposed to be in the top three won? Kevin Williams
2: won the Heisman. Jaden Daniels won won the the Heisman. Heisman, But I don't think that's what Antonio Pierce is talking about. I think
1: he was thinking maybe on the field championships.
2: Like, in my mind, when you say, I want a proven winner, you don't want a rookie. Maybe he wants Russell Wilson. He won a Super Bowl. That's, That's exactly what I thought. Because if you say, I want a proven winner and somebody that knows what it's like to grind and go through some adversity, there's no way... Antonio Pierce would sit down and say going through the college season is the same as going through the NFL season. Right. There's no way he would say that. So if he says I want somebody that's that has been through the grind and knows how to deal with adversity, it can't be a rookie. There like that's that guy is not going to have done any of this before. So if he wants a proven winner that can go through adver- that's been through adversity and knows how to grind an NFL season, it's not a rookie because those guys don't have any clue
1: See, I believe he talks so much; he just talks <laughs> off the top of his head,
2: and he still <laughs> believes it's a rookie. I still, wa-
1: I still think he wants one of the top three quarterbacks. Well, I think he wants Jaden Daniels.
2: Yeah. So if we now, I think you, I don't think you can say proven winner and ha- want a rookie, but I still think he wants a rookie, and we'll get to one of his other yes. quotes. But if we assume that he wants a proven winner that was that's going to be a rookie, what is what does winner mean to him? Because like you said, J.J. McCarthy won the national championship, but if you're only wanting guys who won the national championship, there's not a lot of guys that well, you'd these be interested in drafting. Didn't. Right. And so, does proven winner mean, ah, USC won nine games? Does proven winner mean, right. yeah, LSU won right. nine? Like, does nine wins right. count as a winner? So Maybe in his mind it does. That And that's what I'm curious about, because if... I don't think anybody would agree that, ah, he won nine games at LSU. He's a proven winner. I don't think anybody would say that, but I also think that Antonio Pierce would be happy to draft Jaden Daniels and then would come around and say, ah, he's a proven winner. You'd be like, he is? Where? What did he win? You're right. So I thought that was fascinating. Um, The other thing that I thought was interesting he said, he got asked, what do you want in a quarterback? And that's some of the answer he gave. But he also mentioned the Chiefs in there saying, you've got the champs in our division. As long as Patrick Mahomes is in the division, I want somebody that says, you know, what I want is to go for that challenge. He also mentioned the other head coaches, Harbaugh, Reed, Peyton in this division. How Should he be focused on the <laughs> other teams when he's evaluating who he wants his quarterback to be? He's very obsessed with Kansas City. He is. And he's very obsessed with Patrick Mahomes. Yes. Because he mentions him a lot. Now a question about what do you want in a quarterback? And
1: he somehow comes around to Patrick Mahomes. Right, it's
2: about the Chiefs. I don't have a problem with it because I think that's the biggest obstacle the Raiders face as an organization. I mean, everyone but the Chiefs in that or in that division face the same obstacle. They have to figure out a way to catch the Chiefs, and it's unlikely that they will do it. Like you know four out of the next five years. But in theory, you can beat the Chiefs in a regular season once out of the next five years. And that's what they've got to try to do. And so it's a little strange that when you ask, what does a guy want in a quarterback? And he brings up Mahomes like six seconds later. But I don't have a problem with it because that's that's the problem facing this organization is they've got to catch that guy. If they, listen, if they trade up and Jaden Daniels is a good quarterback, but not great, it probably doesn't matter. If they just get good, it's probably irrelevant. They probably missed the playoffs four out of five years. I mean, years. they had good with Derek Carr. Yeah. And so they need great. And so I kind of like that he mentions Patrick Mahomes because that's what they're going to be chasing. And in reality, that's what P- probably Pierce's entire tenure as the Raiders head coach, he'll be facing Patrick Mahomes. Right? Obviously, he could end up here for 15 years. But more than likely, coaches don't last 15 years. They last three, four, five years, there's a legitimate chance every single season that he coaches in this for this team, he's chasing Patrick Mahomes. And so he's got to find a guy that he can beat Mahomes with, and that's a really hard thing to do because Mahomes is really good. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, I don't have a problem with it either. I mean, look, it's it's a simplistic way of going about things because everyone knows who you have to catch. Yeah. And everyone knows who the quarterback of that team is. Right. So that's who you're going after. And, you know, you first at first you want to cut his head off. And then cut the head of the snake off, and now you <laughs> want to catch him. So we got to catch him to cut the head. You got to catch off. him to cut the head of the yeah. snake
2: off. <laughs> so Antonio, how about Pierce, him mentioning the coaches—that I thought was interesting too, because that's—I'm guessing on a personal level. I don't even know if people, how much people have really, truly—I don't ripped him's not the right word over it, but like that on a personal level, I think has to be the chip on his shoulder. Oh, that people don't believe he's as good as these other
1: people. Right. Well, that's been said by people. I think. Yeah.
2: or I
1: don't know if they've mentioned him, but they've mentioned the others without right. mentioning him.
2: And like again, because I don't think I haven't seen a lot of people truly like rip Antonio Pierce and say he's going to be a terrible coach. No, I haven't either. Right, and I'm sure it's out there, but I'm guessing that Antonio Pierce is still making it a chip on his shoulder when people say. Oh, you've got Harbaugh yeah. and Reed and, and Peyton, and then there's Antonio Pierce. Yes, I'm guessing even if you just said that, he would say, "Oh, that's a chip on my shoulder." Sure, I got to prove him wrong.
1: And good for him. Yeah, I mean, you know, you should. What are you going to do if if someone says that to yeah. you, especially with as confident as he is?
2: Right, and right now he doesn't. I mean, he doesn't have anything to show for it. He's only been a head coach for nine games as an right. interim, so there's no way he can have done what any of those three guys have done. But uh, I think that's his own personal chip on the shoulder that he's bringing out when he looks at what he has to do to be a successful head coach the other thing he said about quarterbacks he got asked about trading up in the draft in the first round and his response was that's my personality as you guys saw and witnessed I'm a (laughs) go-getter but obviously that's got to be a collective decision
1: oh so he's act- he's allowing Telesco he's allowed to, have to some speak say in this in this <laughs> situation which is a very important decision whether they trade up or not
2: am I reading too much into that last sentence about obviously that's got to be collective am I reading too much into it to think that that means Telesco might not want to trade up for a quarterback Hmm. I don't know if they've gone that
1: far into the into the into the decision making that it's obvious. Ones on one side, and ones on the other. Maybe they need to get through the combine and talk to these guys and go to their workouts and then then sit down and say, "What do you want to do here?" Um, so I don't know if he's if he's saying Telesco for sure doesn't want to trade up. I'm sure they've had those conversations. I'm sure they've thrown it so. out. Yeah. I would hope they've thrown it out there, like, "Hey, you know, I want Jaden Daniels. What do you think about this?" Yeah.
2: I would, in theory, I would hope. Telesco has had a conversation with New England or Chicago about, you know, would you trade the pick? What would it take? Or what are you thinking? They might not give you a concrete answer right now, but what would you be thinking? And maybe they don't give you any answer at all. But I would like to think that Telesco has already tried to have that conversation with Chicago and New England to get an idea so that you can come back and be like, all right, New England, they might not trade out of number three, but if they do, here is what they would want. And we got to consider if that's worth it for the number three quarterback in the draft, whether it's May or Daniels. Um but I Pierce certainly wants to go up. Oh. He
3: <laughs> wants to be number one.
2: <laughs> and I I am I don't know how much we'll get in terms of like actual thought process and what they try to do. But I would love to know how much Pierce and Telesco push for trading up. Like, is Pierce in there saying, yeah, give away all of our first round picks? I do not care. Get us into the top three. And is Telesco saying, now, wait a minute. We can't get that's a way overpay. We can't do that, even if the quarterback's good. Like, it's not a worthwhile risk. Like, I want to know those conversations, even if we don't ever actually get them. Would Pierce want to pick Daniels over Williams? That would be, I actually kind of want him to trade to one just to see if he would do that. Right. Like would he say? Ah, this is the guy. I know him. He's yeah. been. I've been. I've been with him. High school, college. He's a proven winner. Not at Arizona State with me, but he won nine God. games at LSU. <laughs> so I, it's fascinating because Pierce. I feel like we might get like truth out of Pierce, and like after the draft, I don't like. Think let's say any they don't. We won't get truth. Like out if of they don't trade up, right? And after the draft, like he gets asked about it, I think he might say, "I wanted to go up there, but." Right. We couldn't get the job done or something like that. But the collective didn't. The collective, that's right. The NIL collective wouldn't do it over here. Like, I I think he might give us some interesting quotes after the fact. Um, I don't think there's ever going to be a time where he doesn't give us interesting quotes. That's true. That's true. He's going to contradict himself, too. He contradicted himself yesterday in, like, the course of five minutes. Yes. I want to trade up, but I also want a proven winner who's been through the grind. I don't think any of those guys in the top three have been through the NFL grind. So... Uh, we'll see what they do. I still ultimately believe they won't be able to get into the top three because I don't believe those teams will trade out right of the top three. I think the only real way it's possible is if New England decides whoever the third guy is is just not good. Like if they find if they are if they're confident that Williams and, and May are going one two, and New England's like, we don't think Jaden Daniels is any good, then obviously if New England should try to trade out, that's the only way. But even then, New England might say, we got real questions about him, but we still got to take him. Yes. You might yes. still just take him and say, all right, let's see. Let's see what he has. Because they don't have I – mean, what are they going to do, Bailey Zappi again? Right. Uh, that's right. scary. It's, uh, it might be worse I'm than I'm with A, you. Now. I don't
1: – I mean, it would have to be – I heard uh, Will Ask Q at uh, 7.30, he was on the show before us, and the uh, I guess Orlovsky threw, threw out uh, this year's number one and two more. I think they might ask for more.
2: I think they would too, especially for number one overall. Oh, for number one overall. I'm just talking oh, about New England. Oh, number three. Yeah, I think they would too, especially especially if
1: they knew how much he wanted Jaden Daniels.
2: <laughs> and if it's going all the way back to 13, like we talked right. about it yesterday with the Giants, if they want a quarterback and they're picking sixth, a lot easier to go up from six to three. Right. Whereas going back to third, I mean, going back to 13 is that's a huge drop off. So yeah, I think New England would ask for quite a bit.
3: Orlovsky also said the Bears should go after Jaden Daniels. Oh,
2: that's another thing
1: I want to ask you about. Um... What's going on there with uh, Jaden Daniels going to one? I the one guy you don't hear really anything about is Drake May. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I he's well. been getting ripped lately.
2: He's not a proven winner, Ed. He hasn't been through he the grind. Yes, through the grind of the NFL season. All right, coming up next, we'll get into the Golden Knights because the trade deadline is coming up, and maybe they bring back an old player. We are giving away $2,024 a day here at Lotus. And all you got to do is send us a text message. The text line is 702-364-1100. Today's word is outlaws. O-U-T-L-A-W-S, outlaws. Text outlaws to 702-364-1100. 100. That's all you got to do when you're entered to win $2,024. We will have a new word to text tomorrow for another $2,024. Outlaws to 702-364-1100. And just
1: outlaws. Yes. Nothing no else. Names, or you're
2: not entered. No ESPN. Yes.
1: And just it, one word.
3: Y- right. One word. Don't space out and laws. No, just one outlaws.
2: Yeah. And you'll be in there. One word. You'll get a message back saying you've been entered if yes. you do it correctly. So you'll know. Uh, Now, NHL trade deadline is coming up in March. Golden Knights expected to be active, especially if Mark Stone is actually going to be out for the year. They can put him on long-term IR and free up quite a bit of space cap-wise to acquire players. Do you think Riley Smith could be a Golden Knight again? With two more years left on his deal?
1: Uh, why not bring him back bring him back i guess you could bring him back and trade him again you could that'd be funny
2: (laughs) um so i thought i got a story out 10 players the golden knights could look for the uh, one thing the golden knights are almost certainly going to do or i guess i should say people expect them to do is trade for a winger uh in theory if this team is healthy they don't need any more defensemen even if they're not healthy they might not need any more defensemen they've gotten some pretty good use out of their depth there um If they're healthy, Eichel, Carlson, Stevenson, and Waugh, they got four centers. You could technically improve, but probably not worth it to go trade for something. Really, it comes down to wingers is the number one spot they could improve, so that's going to be most of the players that the Golden Knights are linked to. Riley Smith this year has 10 goals and 13 assists in 48 games, two more years on his contract, making $5 million. The Golden Knights just traded him in the summer, to Pittsburgh for a third round pick. They get that back for him? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know what Pittsburgh would do. I do know this. Riley Smith would be a like the type of player you want to trade for in terms of he can do everything pretty well. Which is what Riley Smith had been for his entire Golden Knights career. He was never a true, like, ah, he's the best goal scorer on the team or right, anything. Right. He was just kind of he was good just at solid. Everything. Yeah. Put him on the penalty kill, put him on the power play. Right. Five on five could be on your top line, whatever it was. So, that, trading for Riley Smith, that is a big boost that you know he can do all of those things. And he's done it with a lot of the guys that are on the roster right now. But... I wonder if the Golden Knights view it as we need to go get somebody that is a true goal scorer. Is that what they're hunting for? Uh, Jake Gunsell of Pittsburgh as well is on this list. He has 22 goals in 52 games. Fun fact, he's actually on long-term IR right now. So that's fun. Well, he can the join Knights. the other guys. Right. Uh, but he is making $6 million they would have to clear. Again, Stone goes on long-term IR. That's no problem. Vladimir Tarasenko was another name thrown on there. He's only got 15 goals in 53 games. He is in the last year of his contract, though, so it's not a long-term contract you have to find space for, uh, making $5 million. How much help do you think the Golden Knights need? They go into the deadline. Is this a team that you need multiple players? One player could do it without adding anybody? I mean, you've talked about it a lot with the forwards.
1: I think they need forwards, and I think... Because of the LTIR situation, you can go get more than one. You can go get more than one, f- yeah. more than one skater, more than one forward. Yeah. I mean, you can make the money work. They always have. Yeah. Well, I mean, you work. know, it's- <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> and
2: it's always fun in the NHL. Yeah. Um. I wonder. I wonder what Kelly McCrimmon's mindset is towards the health of his own roster. Like, is he operating right now? Like, Mark Stone will not play again. Regular season or postseason? Right. Or is he operating right now with, we're going to have Stone back in the postseason? Or earlier than that, which would make the trades a little bit more difficult. But that I'm really curious about. How is Kelly McCrimmon operating in regards to the health of his roster? Because I think you could make an argument. If this team is healthy going into the postseason, they don't actually need anybody. They could win the Cup as is, if fully healthy. But it's probably foolish to assume... You're going to be fully healthy when Mark Stone's got a lacerated spleen and his long-term Hell, Eichel, who should be back soon, is still not back. So that's part of it that I'm really curious to see is how does McCrimmon view his team's health? Does he view it as will be good or does he view it as, oh, my God? I have to get someone because Stone's not coming back. Right, because if you look at it as, oh, my God, they should be trading for, like, two or three people Mm because Will Carrier's also out, Um, Brett Howden's out at the moment. Like, there are multiple guys that would be in the postseason – Game one lineup, if healthy, they got four guys, I think, maybe even more, that are out right now. I wonder, because that that dictates what they do. That dictates how aggressive sure. they should be is how healthy they think they're going to be yes. for the postseason. Because if they're fine, yeah, maybe go trade for one guy. If it's like, whew, we're in rough shape, go it trade it for three guys. Seems like, other than Stone, these all could be, hey, we're back for the playoffs. That, I think, is the assumption. The one issue, and it, and obviously this is for every team to have to deal with, You almost have to expect somebody else is going to get hurt. It's hockey. Guys get hurt all the time. You almost, like, have to assume you're going to lose somebody else between now and the start of the postseason. But you can't predict that. Like, that's a hard thing to try to figure out, and that's the reality of this sport is that guys are going to get hurt. Now, maybe they play through it. Maybe Matthew Kachuk has his sternum fractured. And is like, yeah, I'll keep playing hockey. You're like, what the hell are you doing, Alec Martinez? Yeah. Playing through things with so a broken foot. And You're like, what are you doing, dude? You shouldn't even be standing, let alone playing hockey. But it's hockey, so guys play through things, even if they're not quite uh, as effective as they should be. So here's to see. We've got uh, a little over a week, I believe. Twenty is the oh, wait, I thought it was oh, earlier. No, I thought no, isn't it March 8th? I thought you were going to say how many games are left. March 8th. Yeah. Okay. So we got a little over a week. Yeah. Until March 8th, they got to start. Uh, finalizing some moves here coming up next though we're going to check in from the combine in indianapolis with q
0: you're listening to the press box on espn las vegas
2: joining us live from indianapolis where the nfl combine is taking place it's q myers you can hear him on raider nation radio unnecessary roughness you can also hear him on espn national right here on espn las vegas on the night show good morning q how you doing thank you
0: Hey man, how you guys doing? Man, I, I know the weather there in Vegas has got to be a whole hell of a lot better than oh, it is here in Indy. Oh, is it cool? Is it beautiful. snowing? <laughs> no, it's not snowing, but it went from seventy to twenty-eight pretty quickly, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> let's just say somebody wasn't uh, ready for that drastic change. My bad.
3: We're
1: we're going from sixty-seven to sixty-eight today. A <laughs> yeah, little day, wind, you. a little wind, but that's a, that's all we got.
0: Yeah, sounds good. I can't wait to get back. <laughs> uh,
2: I want to ask you and what Antonio Pierce said about quarterbacks yesterday because we heard he wants a proven winner. Uh, he also said he, it's his personality to want to trade up in the draft, uh, and we heard him talk about having to take on Mahomes and wanting a guy that wants that challenge. What did you take from all of that? Did you get any clues from what Pierce said yesterday about what he wants to do and what it could lead to the Raiders actually doing at the quarterback position?
0: Yeah, there's no doubt. I don't think that he left too much to the imagination. He wants Tom Silesco to go up and get his guy, and I do 100% believe that his guy is Jaden Daniels, right? And Jaden Daniels is the guy he recruited at Arizona State. He told him him on the idea he was going to help him win the Heisman Trophy. Now he went on to LSU to win the Heisman Trophy. So, uh, yeah, there's no doubt that that's who they want. And I'll tell you, there's a lot of buzz around here right now at the Combine of Jaden Daniels being – uh quarterback number two but even potentially quarterback number one so that's going to be a tall task for the Raiders to try to go get that guy but as he said yesterday to us and it was only about a group of five of us they got to sit and talk with him he said hey you know my personality you saw my personality I'm a go-getter do what you got to do it's ultimately up to Tom Selesko to get it done but you know what I want to do I'm tired of band-aids at that quarterback position so he didn't leave too much to the imagination
1: Q, have you been able to tell, and it's probably difficult so far until they really get into these drafts and who who goes where, the agreement between Telesco and Pierce on these situations? I mean, would you be surprised if when the heads come together that uh, there is disagreement about going up that far?
0: I don't think that they're going to be too far off. I mean, the one thing about Tom Telesco, and I know he hasn't really traded up that far to go get, I mean, he's traded up like once in his, his uh, you know GM career, but he's always had a quarterback. He's always found a way to get a quarterback, so he knows how important that position really is. So I do think that he understands that they're going to have to you know, be aggressive to go get their guy. The other thing that stood out to me is uh, I asked the question about his philosophy and free agency when we had him off to the side as well, and he said that he doesn't really like to spend a lot of money, but he knows that the Raiders will have to be very active in free agency. So to me, what that means is they might have a little bit less draft capital than normal, and they might have to fill some holes by way of free agency. So I think he's very open to going up and trying to get their quarterback. It's just what's going to be the cost. And, oh, by the way, is there actually a dance partner, or are those first three teams all going to take the quarterback?
2: You mentioned the idea that Jane Daniels could move up and be the number two or even number one quarterback taken. How likely do you think that is? you think he could jump Caleb Williams or at least Drake May in the uh, pecking order for those quarterbacks?
0: I think he's definitely going to uh, jump Drake May. I, I feel very comfortable in saying that. I mean, there's a buzz around here about that, and really that Drake May has a lot to prove, not on the grass because he's not going to be throwing, but just kind of has a lot of conversations he's going to have to have with organizations to kind of resell himself. And, and Jaden Daniels is one of those guys that he just has that infectious personality, and, and he's getting that buzz of being QB too. And there's been ideas, even Dan Orlowski, it out there if he was the Bears and he'd go and take Jaden Daniels number one as opposed to number two uh, just because a few different things you know character wise when it comes to Caleb Williams and not bad character just kind of just who he is as as a person and and how much he's going to dedicate to his craft and even though that kind of made me scratch my head a little bit I don't think Caleb's going to drop from number one but I mean that buzz is already kind of out there
1: uh, let's say they just can't do it. Like you said, there's no dance partner. All those three said, we're fine. We're taking these quarterbacks gut feel here at 13. Then, uh, if, you know, if Bo Nix is there, if, uh, JJ McCarthy's there, probably, uh, JJ McCarthy would not be there. Do you still think because of what Pierce has said about wanting a quarterback, they'd go that route? Or do you think there's another position that they'd go at?
0: I think it's going to be a toss-up. If they don't go get their guy in Jane Daniels at the top of the draft uh, and maybe Michael Penix is there, they could go in that direction because I think he would be really good for what Pierce wants them to do, which is be a strong run team and then throw the ball down the field, stretch the field. But his, his medicals are going to have to check out. Like That's going to be the big thing for him here at the Combine. But I'll say this. The other area that I could see the Raiders going is on the defensive side of things and going with a defensive tackle. And I would tell you Byron Murphy out of Texas would be a perfect fit on that Raiders defensive line. You have him uh, in between Tyree Wilson and, and Max Crosby and also Malcolm Coons. All of a sudden you go back to what uh, Antonio Pierce just told us yesterday about those defensive lines that he played with, uh, played you know part of uh, in, in New York with the Giants that helped him win a Super Bowl and have those NASCAR packages out there. But you have to have that guy in the middle that can plug up the, you know, the, the, the gap and, and not allow the quarterback, especially Patrick Mahomes, to step up but also can get to the quarterback. So I can see Byron Murphy being an ideal fit, but, I mean, it, there's no doubt about it. Quarterback is the number one need and desire for the Raiders.
2: We saw the fun NFLPA uh, report cards for teams yesterday. <laughs> uh, I know he was still the lowest-rated head coach, but how did Josh McDaniels not get an F?
0: That's a great question, especially when I saw uh, them hand out F-minuses. Like, look, I I, I tell you guys all the time, I was never the greatest student in school, right? And so, but even my teachers were like, okay, we gave him an F. We're not going to give him an F minus. Like, that's just plain disrespectful. So I couldn't believe that there was actually F minuses on there. Uh, But then, yeah, Joshua Daniels gets a D, so I don't know what gave him a little bit of a bump from, you know, from a a, a complete fail to a D. It's like they just, I don't know, maybe they felt bad for him. They They already knew that he was doing bad, and I don't know. That was weird to me. But, you know, there's that Frank Reich, He got fired, too, and didn't he get an A? (laughs) Yeah,
1: Brandon Staley got a B. Brandon Staley got a B.
0: Right. Like, how does that happen? Everyone knows he (laughs) wasn't a B. I mean, now I'm sure there were some of the players in the locker room that were calling him names that started with a B, but I don't think they were giving (laughs) him a grade that was a B. (laughs) Uh,
1: Going back to Pierce for a second, because he also mentioned, uh, whether it was with you guys or uh, off to the side, he mentioned the other three coaches in the league um in the division i thought that was interesting we were talking earlier does he have a little chip in his shoulder does he want to prove that you know reed harbaugh payton that he's in that realm
2: did we lose did we lose him Uh oh indianapolis the weather changed quickly and we lost some wind came through yeah wind came through we're the only ones with wind here come on there's no wind there so we might have lost q from the scouting combine in indianapolis uh so we'll try to get q back on here for the last couple of minutes there i hope he's still talking yes just into the void trying to answer that he the question. heard the question and and He's just going he has, he's just going and uh we don't have him no we do not have q that's okay um the combine's funny i ju- i love the amount of like yeah he's not gonna throw ah, this coach isn't showing up there. But it's also like – A lot uh-oh. of the coaches
1: didn't come this time.
2: Yeah, and it's, but it's also like, oh, this is very important. we got to figure out – got to feel the other players. And yeah. Tony appears like, we've got to meet with every player possible in the draft. All right, Q, can Q. you hear us?
0: Yeah, I can hear you. I, I never lost you guys. You guys just Oh, me. good. Okay. Good. I
2: was hoping you were still answering that question for like five minutes while we couldn't hear anything <laughs> you were saying. What's, uh, what's the deal there? Do you think he wants to prove – I mean, he talked about the quarterback, the quarterback, the quarterback. But
1: what about him? You know, what about him with these yeah. names? Because these are the names you hear, Reed Harbaugh-Payton.
0: Yeah, he's got a big chip on his shoulder, a huge chip on his shoulder, and just like he did when he went undrafted, right, just like he did when he had to prove his way on the field when he was in Washington. Yeah, he absolutely does, and he said he wants any player that he brings into the organization or has anything to do with coming into the organization to have that AP mentality in him as well. So, yeah, that's, that's exactly how he's carrying himself. Right, he's been talking uh, in the media and podcasts and this, that, and the other. And he chirped back a little bit when it comes to guys like Mike Lombardi telling them to shut up and that he's fake or being a joke or this, that, and the other. Like he's got some definite edge to him, which is, is exciting. I think his players rally around that.
2: He should trade all of his draft picks so that his entire roster is undrafted players like him.
0: <laughs> right I asked him though because he did he, he mentioned the adversity that Jaden Daniels had to go through from going from high school being a 150 pound kid right and and having to learn how to, to play the game and and having to go to, to LSU and I said man all that adversity you just described you know it just sounds kind of like you and he's like yeah absolutely every single player that I have anything to do with bringing in this organization should have some AP in them. So, uh, yeah, he's embracing that and his, his players are as well. And, you know, he also pointed out that Jaden Daniels is the guy he's known since he was 14 and Jack Jones is the guy that he knew since he was 13. So, I mean, there's, there's plenty of connections that AP has uh, with these players that he definitely wants us all to kind of, you know, resemble who he is as a, a person and he who he was as a player.
3: Based on what you just said about Jaden Daniels going through adversity and, Reading between the lines, when when Pierce said yesterday he wants a quarterback who has been through adversity, was he talking about McDaniel, uh, Jaden Daniels?
0: Oh, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. I mean, that's that's be one for him, right? I mean, he did everything, but just come out and say, "Hey, go get me Jaden Daniels." I mean, he didn't say that in those words, but that's exactly what he meant. I mean, that's that's his guy. There's no doubt about it. Uh, he knows what he can do. They're very tight. They've got that relationship. I mean, the guy was in the locker room week 18 after the, after the victory over the Broncos. I mean, that tells you really all you need to know. Again, it's up to Telesco, as AP told us yesterday, to go get him. But, uh, you know, and that's a lot of work. But uh, it, it, the ball is in his court. So there's that.
1: I don't know if I'd want to be Aiden O'Connell right now because <laughs> nobody's really talking about that poor guy.
0: <laughs> well, you know, it's funny that you said that because Antonio Pierce went on a nice little two- or three-minute answer about Aiden O'Connell as well. He said, look, I mean, he's still our starting quarterback. Right? He said he still did a lot of good things. You know, he's going to have to be in competition. He understands that. He's going to have to compete with whoever we bring in, a veteran or a rookie. But he did some really good things. He bounced back. He, you know, as a fourth round pick, found a way to win games.
2: Lost him again. That's okay. That's Uh, right. Danny, you can, thank you, Q, if yeah, you're hearing us. If you can hear us, Q, we lost thank you Q. again. I, I see levels,
3: it. so he's there. Ah, phenomenal! Uh,
2: all right, all right. Thank I'll, you, Q. I'll blame our broken phones. He's Q. Uh, unnecessary roughness over on Redder Nation Radio, two to five p.m. Also, game night on ESPN National, right here from seven to ten p.m. Q. Myers live from the combine in Indianapolis. Uh, yeah, Danny, call him back or just say goodbye to him. We're going to break anyway, so it'll be great. Thank you. So Danny. there is Q Myers. I, the, the absolute funniest thing that could happen at this point, is the Denver Broncos trade up and get Jaden Daniels. Oh, yeah. That's the funniest thing that could happen. Yes. Like, if Antonio Pierce has to watch the guy that he wanted in the division, oh. Go in the division. What a disaster that would be. He might try to fire Tom Telesco himself <laughs> if Telesco <laughs> let the Raider, or the Broncos go up and get Jane Daniels. All right, coming up next here on ESPN Las Vegas, we're going to get into the Lady Rebels after they won again over Boise State. The Lady Rebels beat Boise State 63-57, to a comeback win. They outscored Boise State. 17 to 8 in the fourth quarter they have now won 10 straight games um all after talking to us by the way on the radio uh lindy the make sure you credit us after we almost lost lindy the from ever talking to us again uh but what was interesting before that game was played last night espn had bracketology out for the women's ncaa tournament and the lady rebels were an eight seed in ESPN's Bracketology, they would be playing Miami, the nine seed, and the winner would get number one seed, South Carolina. All right. Uh, game. The way the women's tournament works, the first two rounds are played in. would be played in Columbia, South Carolina. Yeah, on, on, on home courts. Uh, so that's tough if you're going to – it's tough if you're playing South Carolina anyway, anywhere, but if it's at their home court, that would be pretty yeah. difficult. A couple of things that I took away from that. Um, one – they're in the tournament. If they're an eight seed at this point, I, I mean, there's well, there's a couple games to, left. Like they could still pick up three more losses, and maybe if they lost all three, they're done because it'd be three bad losses. But I think this team could lose first round of the Mountain West tournament and still get in. And they're getting in as an yeah. at large because an eight, I mean, it's it's pretty hard to fall from eight to out. Right, you got to fall four seed lines at least to go completely out. Of the tournament. So they should be in. Um, The other thing I took away from that eight seeded UNLV going to Columbia, South Carolina, playing against Miami. Stanford is a projected one seed. Wouldn't it make more sense to send eight seeded UNLV to Stanford? UCLA is a two seed. I think it'd make more sense if UNLV jumped up a seed line to seven or maybe even fell to 10. Put them and, in L.A. and went to L.A. Yeah,
1: both those make more sense geographically.
2: Yeah. You'd think so. Um, so I, I know that's not the number one goal of the selection committee is to make sure the teams right. are in their regions, or especially whatever. higher seeds, the lower seeds. Yeah, but I think it would make a lot more sense for UNLV if they ended up playing Stanford or second round potential matchup against Stanford or UCLA, even if you fell a seed line. And by the way, I think if you were if you were Lindy LaRocque, you would trade. Being an eight seed to be a ten seed to go to LA rather than go to yes. South Carolina, yes, I think Absolutely. I'm taking that trade every day. Yes. yeah it would knock us down a couple of seeds. That's fine. Let's go to Put LA and play LA. UCLA yes. instead of South Carolina. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you about the Lady Rebels: what is success for this season? I think
1: success at this point, and I think Lindy would agree, is they have to win a, a turn NCAA tournament game. Yeah, they have to win like one game. They've been the last two years, they haven't been able to get it done. They've won all these games in the Mountain West. They're three-time champions now of the Mountain West regular season, probably three-time champions of the tournament in case something, unless something weird happens. I think they have to win a game. They eventually have to win a game.
2: There's a real chance they are three-time regular season champs, three-time conference tournament, tournament champs, champs, losing the first round mm-hmm. and look back. and I'm not saying it'd be a failure of a season, but you'd look back and say, well, that's a, a little disappointing. No, I think that's
1: the next step. I think she's even talked about that. Yeah. That's
2: the next step. Is this a case of success creating higher expectations and maybe unfair expectations?
1: I mean, I don't think it's unfair to expect them to win a game in
2: the tournament. Yeah? No, I really don't. Okay. It's, it's fascinating to me because if at any point prior to Lindy the Rock getting here, you said you're going to win the Mountain right. West regular season and conference tournament. tournament. Three straight years. just not just one year. Before she got here, you're going to win both one year. And then you're going to get bounced in the first round of the NCAA tournament, and you're going to look back and think, "Should have done better this year." That would have been you'd been like, "What are you talking about? You went to the NCAA tournament. You won right. the conference outright in both uh, the regular season in the Mountain in the West." Tournament. And now we look at it and we say, "Yeah, if this if they end up as the nine seed or excuse me the eight seed playing Miami in the first favorite round, favorite in a game, and Miami beats them, we're going to look back and say, damn, uh that's yeah. pretty damn disappointing.'" For the Lady Rebels. Now, they win that game and lose to South Carolina. You're gonna well, say Oh, it's a successful it's season. South Carolina. Yeah. yeah, what are we doing there? But that's Or Stanford or even UCLA. Right. But that's the fascinating part is like how quickly do expectations yeah. get readjusted uh in sports. And it's pretty quick for the most part because you have most of the time we sort of give you one like surprising good season where it's like, oh, you weren't expected to do anything, you're in the playoffs, whatever. And then after that first surprising season, when you don't win a championship or don't make it farther, we're like, ah, bums. Like if the Houston Texans go nine and eight next year and miss the playoffs, they're right, bums, right? Because they because of what they did yeah, this year, they're bums. Uh, which is how we do it in sports. And for the Lady Rebels, they are they got to win a tournament game. Otherwise, got, we'll look back and say that's
1: the next that's yeah. the next
2: step. The other part of this, you heard uh, the highlight there of Amarachi Kimson hitting a shot. She's really good. And she comes off the bench for them. They're going to lose Desiree Young. If Amarachi Kempson is as good as she's looked in limited minutes, they might win four in a row next year with how good Lindy Rock's bringing in players.